Jolt. The Jolt. Jolt. This is The Jolt with Larry Flick on Sirius XMLQ. I'm Larry Flick, and you are on the Jolt Sirius XM OutQ. Matt Bomer has entered the studio. You look very tan. Really? You do. Well, I, I, have I guess you been I just, outside? I've been trying to get some sun. You know, I have figured you? if I was publicizing Magic <laughs> Mike, I should at least try to represent the, to the best of my limited Irish capabilities. Uh, no, you look good. Thanks. You look good. It's good so, to see you, you as well. Thank you. It's really good to have you here. Um, how... Let's just let's go right there. How how weird is it to be promoting this particular movie, this kind of movie? Because it's so much fun. Yeah, so much fun, right? But it is a lot of it is based in the fact that you're a cute guy. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're good. I in don't the know movie. about that. I think you're I'm standing near near other guys who oh, are cute. So you know what? <laughs> I'm I'm nobody, the character actor in this no, movie. Nobody, Larry. nobody wants to hear a pretty guy talk about how ugly he is, okay? <laughs> are you fat too, baby? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll tell you this. It's it's such a fun movie and, and it's really fun. And I when they told me what the idea was, I, I never thought of doing a sequel to be honest with you. And I wanted to make sure that if we were going to do another one that it was worth a story worth telling. Right. And it is such a fun road trip movie with these sort of this sort of band of outsiders in the vein of you know Priscilla Queen of the Desert or The Last Detail and um, it's this odyssey that these strippers go on and discover more about themselves and um, what I particularly liked about it is it really takes all judgment and shame out of sexuality what you're interested in men women gay people it just really does uh, paint everybody in a really human and flattering light, and and to me that was a story worth telling. I I, I like the fact that this movie um, is lighter. I, I like that it doesn't yeah. feel like it's a duplication of the first one. No, it's a complete tonal shift from the yeah, first movie. Total tonal. Yeah. It, it feels very franchise now. Does it? It does. <laughs> it feels like Magic Mike, you know, uh, the, you know quadruple XL or mm. something. I don't know, but. It's fun, and 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 the chemistry of the cast is really palpable. It yeah. um, it just feels like like a good movie to see in the summer without green screens. Yeah, that was the idea, and um, you know we had so much fun working on the first movie together. When I signed on to this job, it was a tiny little indie yeah. that Soderbergh was doing. I thought it was going to be like the girlfriend experience that you know made five million dollars at the box office, and and that was my Soderbergh experience but it <clears throat> then became something very different and, and equally enjoyable and um, it's just been a really really fun ride to get to go on and the guys all really get get along well together and really I think genuinely enjoy each other's presence um, and uh, even though we didn't have a lot to do in the first we all committed as if we were playing Hamlet so um, it was nice to get to flesh out the characters we created in the first in this film <laughs> I'm sorry flesh out that was a that was a good pun uh, intended. Good, good pun. Good pun. Good pun. <laughs> so Matt Bomer joining us here on the Jolt. I'm Larry Flick. So we didn't get to talk uh, around uh, the normal heart, mm. and and I would be remiss if we didn't talk about it a little bit today because yes. um, I remember going to a screening um, the day the, a couple hours before I interviewed Ryan Murphy, mm-hmm. and uh, I actually had to get up and 
briefly leave the screening room during um, during the part where your character got sick, so sick, mm. because it was so brutal and it looked so much like someone I knew. Mm. Um, how how do you, as an actor, uh, travail from Felix to Ken? And not be psycho. <laughs> um, you know, honestly, that being a part of that project to me is one of those that you're lucky if you get once or twice in a career. And it was a really profound responsibility that I did not take lightly. Mm. That I, you know, we've all been affected by AIDS in some way. And I felt like I was telling many people's story and so my prayer every day was just to get out of my own way and and not make it about myself at all but to really just try to channel and tell that story to the best of my abilities um it was a very difficult and dark time i definitely enjoyed every second of it um but it was emotionally heavy and uh so in some ways between that and then finishing up the television series I'd been working on for six years, it was kind of a heavy year, a, an amazing life-changing year, but a heavy one. And so it was kind of nice to, you know, go back to the world of Magic Mike with this group of guys I knew and, and try to tell a story that was really all about fun and celebration. What was it like to, let me rephrase that. Do you feel like you've proven what you made of as an actor over the course of these last few projects? Um, you know, it's hard to say. I, I feel like I've definitely been given the opportunity to play some incredible roles. Uh, and I think that makes all the difference because that's what really gives you the opportunity to present your 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 deepest, strongest work. And um, I definitely feel like, you know, the role of Felix in, in Normal Heart is like just... I've loved that role since I was 15 years old. It's it's such a beautiful, beautifully written, triumph ultimately triumphant role about real love, and so um, you know I hope to get to continue to play roles of that ilk and roles that are really fleshed out. And you know every now and again it's good to just go and have some fun too. Well, to me it shows versatility because yeah. I think if you're constantly in this dark space. That's gonna. Oh, my gonna, my gonna, husband would kick me out of the house. Well, it's gonna he warp you as a it. person, but it's also <laughs> gonna warp your work, don't you think? Because the, you you need to know how to play the the bright moments as well as the dark. Yeah, well, you know the famous quote: "We only have so many faces." Yeah, it's Monique Montgomery Clift who said that. <laughs> so, um, you want to choose wisely and and mix it up. But to me, it's it's all about story. I never think of myself individually on any project I think what is the story about and, and how can I help tell it and um, I try to choose projects that scare me in a certain way scare me in the right way I should say um, and so I, I just hope that I'm afforded the opportunity to continue to do that you know it's really interesting about you Matt is that you're um, among the first of a new generation of, of actor who is um, is out, mm -hmm. but you're not being ghettoized. How aware of that are you? 
Well, I mean, obviously, very aware. It's something that I I think about and consider heavily when I'm making career choices, and and um, I, I feel so lucky and so thankful to be born when I was, to be coming into maturity as an actor when I am, because I feel like if it had even been 10 years before, I might not have had the same opportunities. And so I'm incredibly grateful. And uh, it's not something that I take lightly. And, um, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, there are times when I'm like, oh, we have to have a political discussion when I'm, you know, doing a movie about strippers. <laughs> But you know what? I have to now so that the next generation doesn't have to. Yeah. But you know, which is which is um harder to prepare for the the responsibility of being an out gay man playing Felix mm. or the illusion of being an out gay man playing Ken? Hmm. Oh gosh, that's a really deep question. Um you know what? The truth is, I don't look at them any differently. I look at them as an actor, and the get what their given circumstances are. Obviously, Felix's are substantially different, mm. and I have certain life experiences that I can bring to that. But just because Ken is uh, straight or identifies as straight, I, I'm sh- I think he's probably somewhere in between on the Kinsey scale. Probably. Um, I uh, I don't think that I have I don't have the life experience to bring to that I think of it as as any actor would is how, how do I relate to this and how do I make this true to me so does it then bum you out on any level that anybody would be heaving a different pressure on you for example than they might Taylor in the normal heart or mm. or um or Joe in Magic Mike I'm I'm Hanging on those yeah. two movies because they're so different. Yeah. And yet they're both enormously effective mm. at what they do. It's It really is the difference between, you know, apple, an apple and an orange. They're both really good and very tasty, but mm. very different. Yeah. So, I mean, do you feel do you feel like there's a different... Does it bum you out that there's a different pressure? Um, I think when you make certain decisions, you you have to, certainly in terms of coming out, you have to value, make, be at peace with yourself. Is it more important for me to be authentic with myself than it is for whatever this may or may not cost me? And that, to me, especially being married with three kids, completely trumped whatever it was going to cost me to be true to myself. And so I, you know, I, I'm thankful, honestly, that I even got to play the role of Felix because I think there was a day and age when. That may not have happened. I mean, yeah. thank God for Ryan Murphy. Yeah. Um, so I, I really, some, most of the time, have to take myself out of the political discussion and try to just be an actor and look at it and then come and talk and have discussions about it when people want to talk about it. It's so weird, though, because, you know, I am uh, talked with uh, with Joe uh, yesterday and uh, and and I... I uh, sympathized with him in a way that I feel like I'm sympathizing with you as well, which is you're both very well-studied, accomplished mm. actors. Yeah. And more, we've done Shakespeare together. Yeah, I know, because you both went to <laughs> Carnegie Mellon together. Um, and I think, and I said to him, I don't remember if it was on or off mic, but like, 
what's it like to have more people want to know about your engagement mm. than what you've done with your yeah. with your life as an actor because you're here as an actor you're not here as that woman's fiance yeah you're yeah. here as an actor not as as a representative of a population of people yeah um and yet part of the job that we both have to accomplish is to make sure that everyone's clear on where you stand on certain things yeah. but not forget that this is someone's art yeah yeah. Well, don't feel too bad for us. I mean, we're both blessed enough to be here talking to you about projects we got to work on as an actor, and that's a pretty amazing thing in and of itself. Did you think that it was going to, I mean, I guess I know what the answer is, but what did you think was going to happen to you when you finished school? Because you went to a hardcore school. It's not like you went to uh, a general college and study theater no it was a conservatory it right was, you, went to, you went to 60 place. 70 hours a week yeah you're meant yeah. you're meant to leave and be successful yeah i thought honestly that i was going to do theater for the rest of my life i i was very fortunate before i graduated i was cast in the very first workshop of spring awakening and so i i went straight into that and then i had gotten another broadway show after that that ended up getting delayed because they were waiting on a house and i just thought i'm going to do theater for the rest of my life and um, slowly but surely, uh, some television opportunities started coming up and then it sort of just took on a life of its own. And, and, um, this profession that I thought I was going to do and get to do the entire canon of, you know, Shakespeare and, and all these great works by Williams and Odets and Shaw and O'Neill. Now I, I barely ever get to do it anymore. So are you, um, I will ask you one thing I did ask Joe. Are you waiting to get old and ugly enough to go back to that kind of those kind of characters? <laughs> I don't know if that's the case. I mean, I, I see a lot. I mean, the people on Broadway are pretty, I pretty know. beautiful. Obviously, I have I'm to being say. silly, but, but no, it's not about that. It's really about waiting for the right story. It's not someplace I'm going to go. Oh, and then I'll get older and retire yeah. in the theater. I don't think. I think the theater is some of the hardest work you can do. I, don't I know think it's the place to just go chill out. No, I don't um, think of it that way either. But it, to I, me, it's it's about because I have had um, some offers to do plays and and, and musicals, and um, to me, it's about finding the right the right story to tell. And, and you know, for me to be away from my family for at least six months is, you know, it's going to have to be a job that's really worth it. And mm. um, so it's just about the right one. And, and a lot of the things that come my way are sometimes they're they're plays or musicals that are being revisited that I don't know why it's important to tell that story again right now. To me, it seems like maybe there's something like Fun Home or, or, or something new that is more valid at this moment than rehashing something again. So are there, kind of running counter to that, but I, I can't resist asking though, is there a writer whose who's work you would love to play again or play ever? Um... It's kind of masochistic of me to say because the the guys never come out great in his shows, but I would love to work on some Williams again, some Tennessee Williams. There's a play called Orpheus Descending that I've always loved. It's a good piece. Uh, a great character named Val. Um, and I've always loved, you know, the influence that the mythology has on it and this beautiful world that he created. And it's one that doesn't get done very often. And mm. I think they're still waiting for that really definitive production of that piece. People are afraid of Williams, though, don't you think? I think I don't think anyone can. I'm trying to even think of the director who could pull it off. 
right now? I think that, you know, um, I think Rob Ashford, Michael Wilson, mm-hmm. there are a lot of really strong interpreters of Williams out there. So I think you would be uh, so great with, with Edward Albee's words. I would love to do one an Albee. He's the heroes. first playwright that I ever met. And really? So I was I was so starstruck because I was working at the Alley Theater yeah. when I was in high school. And he is a resident professor, I believe, or was at the time at University of Houston. So many of his students were in the play that I was doing. And what what would be your Albee, your, your fantasy Albee piece? Well, I mean, who doesn't want to get to live out, you know, George of the George and Martha relationship at some point. Probably the best <laughs> piece ever, afraid of Virginia right? Woolf. I mean, I would kill to do that someday. Um, but there's so many fascinating pieces. Zoo Story, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot a lot of really See, great... Zoo Story's my favorite, but... Yeah. But, yeah. This is very, very interesting. Very interesting because we've talked in the past, but um, it's exciting to hear how your mind kind of wraps around the real craft of what you do. I don't think uh, I don't think we've heard you talk about that before. So, um, Matt Bummer joining us here on the Jolt. Um, hmm, how old are your kids? Our oldest is ten, and the twins are seven. And so, are they aware of of you? me being an actor, yeah. of me being in Magic Mike, or what? Or just you? Yeah, of you being a, a, well, there's da- this of thing people knowing called, who Daddy is. There's this thing called marketing. Yeah, that's sort of, <laughs> especially living in Los Angeles, is somewhat unavoidable. I tried, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, there's a giant Magic Mike billboard on the way to their school, so. Oh um I tried initially to try to kind of distract them as we would drive to school, but oh obviously at one point my 10-year-old saw it and goes, hey, that's you. And I tried to, in very in terms that they could understand, explain to them what the movie was about. We play these dancers and we try to entertain women and, and make them happy and, and, and make it all fun. Doomed. Doomed. And so <laughs> he goes, is that you up there? And I said, yeah, that's, that's me. And he goes... Yeah, but they're not all you. <laughs> you <like> totally <laughs> just put me in my place. And that's one of my favorite things about kids is, is kids, they yeah. don't care. You know, they, they're more concerned, am I happy with what I do? And and what kind of time am I spending with them? And, mm. and is it quality time? And, and, um, and, and they're much more concerned with our home life. And I love that about them. It keeps me very grounded. Very cool. Even after the Golden Globes, you know, I was, I had to be back home because I had to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches at 6 o'clock the next morning for the kids' school lunches. That's cool. So it's good. It keeps you, I think it, it you know, besides it being the most important relationships, my family and my life, it also just puts everything in perspective. Mm. Well, Matt Bummer, congratulations. It's, it's so exciting to see what's what's happening and we oh, haven't even you. touched on American Horror Story, but we'll save that for next yeah, time. Yeah, save for next time. Uh, but in the meantime... And I do have a couple songs on the soundtrack of Magic Mike as well that you can purchase on iTunes when the movie comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you want to feel that spin. Yeah, we will. Oh, oh, okay. I think we're going to dig one out right now. Yes. We're going to play one right now. <laughs> right now here on Sirius XM Al-Q. It's good to see you, man. Good to see you always. Thank you for everything you do.
about all our younger years It was only you and me We were young and wild and free Now nothing can take you away from me We've been down that road before But that's over now You keep me coming back for more Baby, you're all that I want When you're lying here in my arms I'm finding it hard to believe We're in heaven And love is all For something 